Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform, a weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our hosts and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Mally Mancia, and joining me today from Vets Beyond the Uniform, I have Paul Savalani and Dave Beadle. On today's show, Paul and Dave will be talking with Phil Schlemmer, Business Process Analyst with the Steel Inc. Business Excellent Team, and Mike McLean, Head of Talent Acquisition at Steel Inc. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, Mally. Pleasure to be here. Great to be here. Always fun. Thank you for having us. You're more than welcome. Hey, guys, as we just said, welcome to the show. And before we start most of our shows, if we've got a veteran targeted in our, in our group coming on board, we always want to pin them down and say, tell us a little about your, about your transition from the military to the civilian world. And, and, Bill, you and I spoke about that briefly on a call last week, but we'd love to share that experience with our audience and, and tell them a little bit about, you know, how that went for you. Was it smooth? And how did you get to where you are now as the uh, business process analyst? Yeah, Paul, thank you very much, uh, everyone, for having us. Um, as, as you and I discussed um, last week, you know, I tried to look into a plan on how to effectively execute a transition from where I currently was to where I wanted to go. And so, like all plans, it pretty much went sideways. Um, and I think that's where veterans be, can become uh, successful with the ability to adapt and be flexible. So I was recruited out of the, uh, the Navy. I, I did just under, or actually 22 years, and I was recruited to a global logistics uh, company. Uh, and it was a very kind of exciting process of being, um, there's a little bit of, I think you're kind of flattered if you're, if you're recruited from some location and someone says, we want you to join us, it, it can be humbling, but also it kind of a little bit of flattery. So I, I jumped at the chance to, to join a, a global organization. And just about under the year mark, I, I really realized just I was unhappy with the fact that I was um, away from my family pretty much seven days a week. And I was working, I would say, as hard or harder than I was in uniform. But there's such a difference when you are no longer unified and effort doing something beyond yourself, such as serving in the military. But when you're actually, you know, kind of working for an organization where you're effectively, you know, punching in and punching out, it's hard to shoulder the burden of being away from your family. And so I kind of had that ability or that moment of clarity to decide that I, I really wasn't happy where I was. And it was my second chance at life to have a career of my choosing. So I did, that thing that you never do in the military is, you know, as I quit, I resigned. And so I resigned and came back to my family uh, in the Virginia Beach area and then started to kind of look at, you know, what, what I really wanted to do more than the need specifically to have a job. I, I really looked a little bit of, you know, focused on what makes me happy and what would make my family happy, you know, and luckily I had, 
started my second career while still on terminal leave. And so I had a, I kind of had a double paycheck there. And so I used to joke to my wife that I had 90 days to kind of figure out where I wanted to go <laughs> on the backside. So, um, but I think as you and I had mentioned, a lot of times we don't find that sweet spot in the first place that we go or that we join. And we really need to be honest with ourselves. You know, are, are you happy are you proud of your team that you are on? Are you proud of your organization? And if you're not, you know, you got to have the courage to know within yourself that you will find another place and you may want to make that pivot and, and head towards a second or third or fourth option. And, and as for me, I just, I, I was incredibly lucky. Steel Incorporated has a very, very, uh, good reputation within the Virginia Beach uh, area, and we have a lot of things within steel that are what I would say would be a complete unicorn organization. I'm going to let Mike talk more to that, uh, but it, it's hard to get here. It's a very deliberate company that takes a lot of time to determine if you are the right candidate, uh, but once you get in, you're in, and so uh, that's kind of my story in two minutes or less. <laughs> Good, I appreciate that. So, Dave, you you're you're our director over here with the designation program. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, it was uh, we had created this program, and I'd be really interested to to hear from both Bill and Mike kind of our their perspectives of this. But the employer designation program and Steel was one of the one of the original companies that uh, took advantage of this. They've they've come in at the veteran friendly designation level. We had felt for some time that out in the military community that the term veteran friendly was was getting overused and potentially even uh, losing a lot of its meaning. Uh, so we did a survey and uh, put a survey out on LinkedIn. We asked veterans to tell us what that term meant to them. And we got a, a very interesting 50-50 dichotomy out of it. 50% of the people said that it was something that they look for in organizations when they're looking for that new civilian career coming out of the military. The other half said, you know what, this is just a bunch of marketing fluff, and it really doesn't mean anything to us. So that helped validate our reasoning that maybe there's something that we can do to give some recognition to employers who are actually walking the talk and also help the veteran community with a clear idea of what this term means and how it can be beneficial for them as they're looking at employers and trying to make the decision about who is it that I want to work for. So our designation actually broke down into three tiers. The veteran friendly is the, is the base tier. Um, it focuses on the companies and what they're doing primarily in the um, attraction and hiring realm. Veteran ready is the next level where it looks at organizations and how they're onboarding and bringing in the veteran talent and the veteran focused is the organizations that are making a really strong commitment to the veteran community. Um, they're doing internal training with veterans and non-veterans to bridge cultural gaps and divides. They're providing opportunities for veterans to gather in groups. There's mentorship, all kinds of things going on. So that's, that's the highest level. And with steel popped up on my radar instantly because um, I had uh, worked with the honor foundation uh, prior to doing this. I know, uh, Mike, I think you you probably are familiar with Sandy Van over there and uh, oh, the new folks that are in Virginia. Yeah, so Sandy uh, Sandy was my counterpart. I actually brought her on board. I was the director of people in, in San Diego and brought Sandy up to speed in, uh, in Virginia Beach. So there was a great relationship there already. So we wanted to give you folks an opportunity to say, you know, where we're at. 
So can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, Mike, give, me, give us an overview of, of Steel as a company, and then highlight some of the things that you're doing in particular to support um, the veterans within your employee population. Definitely. So probably what a lot of people don't know, um, and I'll go um, worldwide and then dial it down to the U.S. So worldwide, we have over 16,000 employees. We're represented over in 160 countries, and we've got over 53,000 dealers that sell our products. And we've actually been the world's top-selling chainsaw brand since 1971, and we've branched out into a lot of different product categories, chainsaws, pull pruners, trimmers, blowers, regular lawnmowers, robotic lawnmowers. And that's globally. Here in the United States, we're known as Steel Inc. And we're the largest private employer in what's known as Hampton Roads with about 2,300 employees and I think this is going back to what Bill was saying about us being a very um, picky company to get into is we may have the smallest number of employees at 2,300 out of the steel group, but we make over 50% of the worldwide product out of this location. So that means we manufacture over 80 models of chainsaws and power tools here that are sold to 10,000 locally owned steel dealers. And then those are shipped out to 80 countries around the world. That's so, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Um, we're actually, we're about the size of a small city if you think about our square footprint in the Hampton Roads area. Then nice. one of the things that we've, utilize and we learned a long time ago that partnering with our local veteran groups um, here in Hampton Roads, we're surrounded by a lot of transitioning military through all the branches, Navy, Army, Air Force, Marine. And that's been a lot of our you know, individual contributors, but also a high number of our leaders and so we've had, we partnered with V3 uh, probably nine, 10 years ago, which is the um, Virginia Values Veterans Group. And with them, we, all the way up through our executive leadership, created a goal of minimum of 10% of our new hires coming from the veteran workforce or transitioning veterans. That's, that's an ambitious goal. It definitely is, um, and it's paid off. We've gotten great people like Bill, um, Ted, which I think you guys have spoken with, as well as um, a number of our other senior managers. On top of that, we've, as you've already mentioned, uh, with the Honor Foundation, it's one of my favorite places to go speak when we can and get in person. Uh, the Hampton Roads Workforce Council, which provides veteran transition services. And then I'm really, really excited about the fact that we just formally signed our first MOU with the DOD Warrior Care Program, which is part of the SkillBridge initiative. 
No, congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, that's actually every single one of our um, senior leadership has already asked to start getting some uh, members starting in that group. That's fantastic. So as you look forward to, to that getting implemented, what's your, what's your timeline? How, long, how soon is it before you're going to be able to start bringing people into your organization with that? April 1st. Oh, wow. wow. So that's coming right up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. We just actually had the first, um, first letter sent, and I believe it should be signed today or tomorrow. Fantastic. So you had mentioned that all of your executive leadership is on board and asking for people. So is it fair to assume then that you are going to be filling roles across numerous functions in your organization? That is the goal. Um, we're looking at, you know, if, if you look at transitioning um, service members, you know, you've got backgrounds in IT, supply chain, uh, maintenance, pro, uh, project management. You know, every facet of manufacturing can be filled by someone who's transitioning. You just have to have a business mindset that says, hey, here's the skill. This is where we can train the, the gaps. Yeah, and I think that training the gaps things is, is huge. Yep. And I think that's where the SkillBridge program really plays a great part. Now, for any of our listeners that might not be familiar with SkillBridge program, and, and correct me if there's any nuances here that I missed, basically what it allows you as an employer to do is reach into the active duty military community that are close to transitioning. I think they have to be within about 120 days from exiting the military, and you're able to bring them into your organization. They work for you, but they're on the DOD payroll. Is that fair to say? That's correct. Great. And the goal, as we understand it, of that program is, is just what its name says. It's there to bridge skills from military to civilian. It gives you as an employer a pretty uh, in, incredible opportunity to look at people over a long term and, and see if they do fit. I like what, what Bill said earlier about Steel being a very deliberate organization in your hiring. I, this sounds like it fits right in with that philosophy. It really does. It it fits in that philosophy, and it also gives those who are coming in to say, is this the right fit? Is this the career path I want to go? Um, which I think is, going to Bill's point, is his first experience. You know, not every career path, when you envision it, is the right one when you actually start doing it. And that is that is so true, and that's that's one aspect I think that's often forgotten. Um, I was fortunate enough to work um, at a Fortune 100 company uh, prior to doing uh, this work um, with Vets BTU and, and the Honor Foundation. We had a program where we brought people in who were transitioning out, and we would consider it a success if they said, you know what? I'm in this environment and it's not for me. This is great. You've only spent eight weeks here. You've got some good experience. You've been exposed to this corporate environment. You know it's not for you. Good. You can eliminate this from the other things you're looking. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. You need to have those opportunities to say, this fits for me. 
and this doesn't fit for me. And once you know that, then you can make much better and much more intelligent decisions about where you should go in that first one and, and hopefully shorten that that experience of, of uh, trying something out and then having to jump ship, to, like Bill said, to do something different because that can be can be traumatic the first time you do that coming out of the military. Yeah, and Dave, if I can inject one aside, when I had a colleague of mine recommend that my first job out of the military, if possible, and I'm not advocating our veterans become geo bachelors and geo bachelorettes, but he advocated that if I were to go to this new role, if possible, go solo uh, and leave my family in place. I had young children in school and uh, that was fortuitous in the fact that it would have been a lot more pressure on myself to really consider what I wanted to do or not do if I had that stress of I've moved my family, they've left their home, their friends, their schools, new location, and here, you know, whether it's five, six, seven, eight months after the fact, I want to go back to where I came from and start another search. I think that's really an individual choice, but I thought that was one of those um, those tips that I had received from my colleagues that had kind of that did end up ringing true for me. Yeah, yeah, I could totally understand that and we see a number of veterans who have made the leap and I think a lot of what groups like the Honor Foundation and what we're trying to do with Fits Beyond the Uniform uh, we try to help folks understand some of those things before they make the leap too so while they're still while they're still getting a, a, a paycheck for the government while they're maybe on terminal leave they're looking at what they're doing they can they can have a lot of these conversations through information interviews cups of coffees visits, treks, and and get that exposure so that, like you said, it takes a lot of that pressure off because I've seen it so many times as well. When you have those types of pressures on you, you then that's the other thing that people forget about this transition, and we like to use transformation because it's it's much broader than that. It's not just you jumping from one job to a new job. Your entire family is potentially getting uprooted from home, school, community, shopping, Coins everything and dropped into an entirely new area with entirely new ways of doing things. So it's it's a lot more than I think a lot of people on the civilian side recognize. So one of the things we would like to ask you, um, and particularly as a as a designated veteran friendly employer, is have you had any challenges um, deciphering the the skill set that the veterans bring to the table. We hear that a lot. Has that been experience, your experience in steel? I can honestly say yes. Uh, that was <laughs> definitely <an issue. laughs> that, that was definitely when uh, when I first started um, I had a the, the only exposure I had had personally was with my my family, my grandfather, my dad, um, uncles who had been in the military and I, I could never understand the acronyms even when they told me when I was younger and then um, coming to steel and having our initiative and helping to build the program to where it is now <laughs> the first couple times I'd get a resume I was like I'd have to go to my colleagues and go what does this mean <laughs> over the years now um Going, you know, going to the Honor Foundation, talking to Ted, talking to Bill, um, it's gotten much better. Um, 
and one of the things that I've, I've really stressed um, when I've talked to people who are going through this process is, you know, hey, you, you, were, you had this role in the military. Go on to LinkedIn or talk to one of your colleagues who left before you. Look at what they've put into their job description now and translate it to us laymen. Because we're, we're not going to make that transition or that be able to decipher what you've done easily. Well, you, you know, you're right. You're spot on. This is Paul. And uh, so one of my roles in the military, and Bill might know this role, so I was a fire controlman. Now, for probably my first 12 years in the military, my mother was telling everybody I was a, a drove around in a fire truck. Um, and I could tell you, that was the furthest thing. It was electronics. It was technical. But she didn't understand that. And then when I left the military, um, trying to convert all those skills that I had, this was before, you know, this was years and years ago. None of my employers understood those acronyms that we live off of in the military. I mean, I don't know anybody in the military that does in any sentence, doesn't use some form of an acronym in, in describing what they do for the daily basis. And, and it's hard for um, employers to understand what those acronyms mean unless they have a dictionary. And that's why you go to places like hire heroes and um, organizations like that. So what I'd like to do is I want to kind of pull the, pull the onion apart a little bit. That 10% hiring initiative is awesome. But let's talk about when you bring the veterans on board, right? So Dave and I do a, a training seminar where we talk about the six key components of a veteran-friendly organization, and that's defined hiring, successful integration, mentorship programs, culture training, skills utilization uh, and training, and retention planning. So when you bring these veterans on, what happens to them? Do, because I know you guys do more than just throw them out to work and say, have a great day. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And also, maybe, what do you do with your HR teams that they know how to recruit and find veterans? That's, that's a couple different facets on that one. So yeah. I'll start with the, with the first one. Um, so we, honestly, we don't really differentiate our veterans from any other new employee to steal. Um, I think you know, we treat all employees as very valued members of our organization. So they go through an onboarding pro process. They go through training for the role. Um, there's, you know, there's guidelines. There's targets. There's 30-day, you know, 60-day, 90-day um, goals, depending on the department that you go into. Um, so I'm not saying they're left out and drive, but we're not, you know, we don't want you to be treated any differently. We want you to be, feel like a member of the family. And maybe that's something is being part of a family owned, privately owned business, but it, we value everyone. Um, and I think um, Bill and I've talked about this and he can maybe speak to it um, more from his side is, you know, when any new employee comes in, they're, you know, it's new. It's they're they're coming in as, hey, I want to be immediately recognized as just a number member of the team, and that's what we try to do. When you carve someone out as something different, then maybe they're going to feel that way and be treated differently. Yeah, sure. I'll just jump in here on on that that point. So the one thing. 
that I've witnessed at Steel, and I've been here about a year and a half, is that we will seek out we will seek out those veterans that are new hires. Right. So even though there's there's no formal process that would take a veteran and onboard them specifically within the organization, because as Mike had mentioned, you know, we we treat everybody as a valued employee, and we onboard across the board in the standard fashion. That that doesn't mean that myself as a veteran or other veterans, especially on the um, on the executive level side of our administration and our in our organization, that we don't seek out those those new arrivals, those new uh, employees that have a veteran background. We seek them out and we just, you know, become their their guide on or their ranger or their pathfinder and just say, hey, look, welcome. What can I do to help? Because um, I think to Dave's point earlier, the more veterans we hire and the more veterans that excel, the more of the target and aperture opens up for the company to want to hire more veterans. So it behooves us as veterans that are already here to make sure that our new hire veterans are going to make a great first impression and are going to excel because I think that's where the success is always going to, is going to reside is that the more veterans hired by organizations that do great things is going to result in more organizations hiring more veterans, which Paul, Malley, myself, Mike all want to strive towards, which is, you know, more veterans being hired by organizations across the board. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, great comment there, and uh, you know, we see that kind of mentoring taking place in a lot of organizations, whether it's informal, like uh, like you just described, or um, people that uh, that do more formal process. And I think too, it's important to, for people to understand that the the onboarding process should be similar across the board, but with so many oftentimes challenges, and particularly when you get outside of an area like Hampton Roads. San Diego, California, where most of our folks are based at, two very, very um, heavily um, heavy military communities with a lot of military presence. There's not as much of the uh, gap in terms of culture and things because there's there's a lot of familiarity with people in the area. But you get outside of those um, those areas where there's a huge concentration of military, then folks do need to maybe have on both sides some a little bit of uh, you know an introduction to help them bridge some of those cultural gaps. So we do see organizations that still will do the exact same onboarding process, but then to let them know what other resources might be available to them if they're coming in as a transitioning service member. So that's, that's good stuff to hear. And we, we think the goals that you have at Steel and what I think you're showing other employers that you can do are, are phenomenal. It's really going to uh, help, like I said, those other organizations. That's one of the reasons we want to recognize companies like Steel uh, with our employer designations to say, hey, this is how you do it. And these are some of the things that you can you can get out of it. So I know you might have touched on it at the very beginning, but we just wanted to highlight real quick, what kinds of things are you seeing as really the, the value propositions that veterans do bring to your organization? And it's easy for me to to kind of articulate those skill sets. And I think for you all with with why your organization exists, but, you know, a veteran has flexibility and adaptability that can bring to any position in any organization. And I think that those two things are critical. Uh, you know, I think veterans, I think we all, as veterans, we all feel uh, very, we, we feel that we can do a lot of things and we can do a lot of things well. Um, 
I think you, you both know this and you've touched on this in the past. You know, we change jobs frequently within the military and we're never really, we never are, are really welded to our skill set MOS branch or platform. We, we continuously change throughout a career and you have to be adapt, adaptable and flexible and you have to have the ability to learn things very, very quickly and have the pride not to fail, which means you're going to find a way to figure it out and you're going to succeed. So I think organizations that are starting to find that, that kind of sweet spot in success with hiring veterans is they realize, okay, wow, this person can really do a lot of things. And it's not just a fire control, you know, fire controlman, as Paul had mentioned, you know, you're, you're not going to be, you know, doing one thing based on that, on that skill or that job. And so to be adaptable and flexible, uh, cool under pressure, uh, I think is a big, is a big attribute that veterans will bring to any organization is that they're, they're unflappable to a certain extent. Uh, but they're also cool with regards to a rapidly changing environment. Uh, we are no stranger to being uncomfortable, not knowing what we wish we might know or being in a, in a unfamiliar position or location or job or, or situation. And so I think that really uh, veterans bring a very, a very good skill set with regards to, to, to the ambiguity or, or things rapidly changing and finding a way to, you know, define success. And, and, you know, we put fires out, right. So I think that there's a catchphrase, you know, you know, military members, veterans or firefighters who put fires out. So we do. So when a, a manager or a executive level leader in the company or a manufacturing leader has a problem and they need help, they can turn towards, um, you know, a person that can be adaptable and flexible and find a solution. So our company definitely sees that and, and definitely values that. And I think that if there are organizations that don't, then they're actually, uh, it's a discredit to how good their company could succeed or excel if they're not trying to actively hire and recruit the veteran talent. Well said, well said. I don't think uh, organizations are really missing missing out if they don't look for that talent. And I think as we come out of COVID, everybody's got the, the expectation that we should get back to a robust economy. Um, you know, before COVID, the, the search for talent and the scramble for talent was, was the big uh, concern with most employers is how do we find people to fill all these open positions? So coming out of this, hopefully it'll, it'll revert back to the same thing. And 250,000 valuable folks are coming out of the military each and every year. And as a result of folks maybe listening to this podcast and hearing about what you're doing at Steel, uh, how would they how would they find out about opportunities that might exist and, and contact you and, and try to get into that uh, that organization? Yeah, so we have the, the Steel USA website. If you if you go up on any sort of internet search, you'll find the Steel USA website, and it'll be you'll see the uh, the talent acquisition tab, or you can look for uh, open roles and positions currently listed within Steel. Um, you know, Mike and I are both big fans of of LinkedIn uh, network. You know, advice for veterans you know seeking employment would be to network, network, network. Uh, look for people on LinkedIn that have uh, steel within their bio. You know, my, my profile on LinkedIn, I go by William Schlemmer, and I am the only William Schlemmer that is a business analyst at Steel Incorporated. And so if there are listeners that, that would like to link up with me, uh, please do so. I'd be more than happy to help answer any questions or, 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 or try to point someone in the right direction. Um, and so those are some of the things you can do within, 
uh, just a, a, a very quick, you know, social media or internet search to find, you know, what we're doing and how we're hiring. Um, and then Mike and I both, uh, Michael McLean at Steel, he is also up on LinkedIn, and he would love to have anybody that has any questions to reach out and connect with him, and he'd be happy to help as much as he can as well. Super. Thanks. Great. Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank you, Bill, and also Mike for joining us earlier as guests on our show today. All the links and contact information for Steele will be posted in the show description. Paul and Dave, thank you for another wonderful show today. As always, please feel free to check us out at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com or we can be reached via email at training at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you, Bill, for spending the time with us. It's been great, and thank you, everybody, for listening to another show. It's our pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Be safe. Thank you.